Father, we bless you tonight. We ask that even as we go through your word together, that you enlighten us, enlighten us, supernatural enlightenment, and that your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. We are talking about six factors of discipleship making. Six factors. Let's go to our foundational scripture. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, the New King James Version of the Bible. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so we beginning to understand that Jesus, one of the last things he said to the disciples was to go and make. Anything you are making, it takes a process. It takes a process to make anything. He said, go and make disciples of me and then we study the difference between a disciple and also a convert a convert is somebody who is born again or more so i would say a carnal christian is somebody who is just born again but immature it's not grown it's not developed we saw from the word of god that the bible says that there are certain part of God's word that you cannot share. You can't teach other people because they are immature. Very, very immature. Make disciples of every nation. Make disciples. A disciple is a pupil. is a learner. A disciple is one who follows the teachings of his master in a very disciplined way. A disciple is anybody who follows the teaching of another person in a very disciplined way. That is the one we call a disciple. He's following the teachings of his master in a very disciplined, very disciplined. You are disciplined. You are unflinching. You don't look at what is going on. You don't care what anybody else is doing. One of the things that has brought me personally this far in my work with God is because when we got saved, they took us through what we call discipleship class. Me, discipleship class, it took about one and a half years. And what happened is that they teach you from the beginning, every Sunday, one hour. And they teach you from being saved all the way to become a leader. And so by the time you go through that class, you know everything about your work with God, what is demanded on you. In our time, we have allowed the busyness of life to take away a lot of things that we could learn or we could have learned that would have matured us. So a lot of people are immature. A lot of Christians are immature. A lot of believers are immature. A lot of even pastors are immature. Leadership are immature. The first thing we learn is that we said that he embraces the truth. A disciple embraces the truth. He wants to know what the truth is. And I took time to teach you what the truth is. The truth is not variable. Truth doesn't change. Truth is constant. Truth is the same. Truth has no favorite. Two times two is what? Four. It's truth. You can choose to say it's five. It doesn't change the fact that it is not five, but it's four. And you can move in that mind that is five and work with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, because you have believed an error, you are going to destroy yourself. 
when you move away from the truth of God's word and you believe anything else, you are going to damage yourself. A lot of people have been damaged because they don't want to hear the truth. Many people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear every... See, sometimes when people come to you and they tell you their issues and they are looking for you to counsel them about a situation, most of the people know what they want. They just want to use you as a stamp, as a stamp to stamp so that you can agree with them what they want to do so that they can use you and tell other people. Even Bishop said, even Bishop said, okay, and use me as a rubber stamp for the decision that they make because they know what is truth. It's very important. Truth doesn't change. You can never build your life on the word of God for you to change. So Jesus said, a man build a house. Okay, a man build a house. One build on the sand. Another one build on a rock. And he used that as a matter of fact. Give me the scripture, please. Let's look at that very quickly and then we go to the second one. The word of God is the source of all truth. If you take the word of God out there, there is no truth anywhere. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine. Okay, so the sayings are the truth. The sayings, you want to hear the truth. Sometimes the truth makes you very angry. Sometimes it makes you mad. Then later it will make you glad. So Jesus said, therefore whosoever hears the sayings of mine, my word. That's what I'm standing here. I've been preaching this gospel from 1982. I mean, can you imagine? 1982. I've been preaching this gospel. The only reason why I have kept moving is because of these sayings of his. People ask, what is your secret? What is your formula? What is I don't have any formula. I don't have no secret. It's the sayings of mine. The sayings. This the same thing. I was with Bishop Grillo this weekend here. I was telling him, I said, I don't study the Bible to go and preach. No, no, no. I said, when I preach, I preach out of the overflow of what I've learned. I study the Bible to build my own life, my personal work with God. And to build my life. A lot of preachers, the only time they open the Bible is when they are looking for a message to preach. I said, I don't live like that. My relationship with God is first and foremost. I can tell you I've come to where I am today because of my relationship with God built upon the word of God. And a lot of people have, by the grace of God, have benefited from my work with God. A lot of people have benefited from my work with God. Because I want to live by example. I don't want to say that, follow me, do what I'm telling you, but don't follow what I do. I don't want to do that. I want to live by example. Jesus said, whosoever hears the saying of man, the sayings of man, this scripture alone contains such truth. The sayings of man, he's the word. In 1 John chapter 1, John said, the things that we have heard, which we have seen, our hands have handled of the word of life, of the word of life, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have touched. Then he said, of the word of life. And the word became flesh. And the word dwells among us. In the beginning was the word. These sayings of mine. Today, the Christian is very shaky. Matthew chapter 7, 
these sayings of mine and does them. I will liken him to a wise man that built his house upon a rock. So now we can say that I'm not a wise man because I come to church. I'm not a wise man because I come to church. I'm not a wise man because I read the Bible. I'm a wise man because I do what I read. There is wisdom in the word of God. So I do what I'm reading or what I'm being taught. The Bible says that he's like a man that built his house upon the rock. And the rock stands for the word of God. The rock stands for the truth of God's word. And so he's saying that you can choose to build on a rock or you can choose to build on anything else. It's a choice that you make. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 4 and Deuteronomy chapter 15 and other scriptures, it tells us that you have choices. Then he says that I am asking you to choose life so that you and your descendants and your children can live forevermore. Verse 25. And the rain descended, and the flowers came, and the wind blew and beat on the house, and it fell not, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Look at it. The rain descended, the flowers came, and the wind blew and beat on that house. Every one of us will go through adverse conditions. There is nothing you have gone through that others have not gone through. And there are many more that is coming that it will either break you or it will make you better. I mean, you'll be beaten by storms. You'll be beaten by situations. You'll be beaten by all kinds of circumstances and conditions. But you know, at the end of the day, your house will not fall because you have Build your life upon the word of God. You have built your life on the word of God. I've gone through things. I've, I've gone through everything. Gone through disappointments. Gone through betrayers. Gone through persecution. Gone through crisis. Gone through financial crisis. Gone through family issues. Gone through everything. Okay? Now, so watch this. The same thing I go through is the same thing that you go through and everybody goes through. But why is it that I stand and you fall? Because my life is built on a rock, which is the word of God. Then he said in verse 26, he said, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened unto a foolish man. Who built his house upon the sun? Verse 27. And the Bible says that, and the rain descended, and the flowers came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. It fell, and great. The falling was great. Why? Because it was built on the sand. Okay? It was built on the sand. So then we can say today, it is not what you are going through, it is where you are standing. It's not what you are going through. Because when the storm comes, every tree faces it. Every house faces the storm. You don't say that because you are a Christian, so the storm doesn't come to your house. Or the wind doesn't blow over your house. Every 
everybody, when you are on the path of the storm, everybody, it is the foundation and the strength of your house that withstands the storm. And we are saying that the foundation is the word of God. And last week we saw the Bible says that for you can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. You can't fight it. You can't fight the truth. The Bible says that even when you don't believe, he's the same. He cannot deny himself. You can't deny the word of God. You can't deny the truth. Number two, the disciple bears fruit. You are not a disciple if you are not bearing any fruit. You are not a disciple if you are not bearing any fruit. A disciple bears fruit. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. Since we are here, let's look at the verse number 16. He said, you will know them by their fruits. You are not going to know them by their tongue talking. You are not going to know them by their worship. You are not going to know them because they come to church. You are going to know them by the fruit that they bear. A disciple, a true disciple bears fruit. And most of the fruit that he bears mimic the fruit of his master. You will know them. Now let's go to verse number 17. So the question is, how do I know you? What kind of person are you? What kind of fruit are you bearing? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. Verse 18. Then the Bible says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. And this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus repeated this scripture twice. By their fruit, you shall know them. A good person. When he speaks about the tree, he's talking about the believer. And we are going to see tonight, bearing fruit, we are going to see that Jesus in his teaching, and not even only Jesus, but also the father in their teaching, they use certain earthly elements. To explain supernatural truth. A parable is an earthly saying with a heavenly meaning. That's what a parable is. A parable is an earthly saying. A sower went out to sow. Immediately your mind goes about sowing seed on a land. Okay, It's an earthly saying with a supernatural meaning. So tonight we're going to see about the fruit-bearing believer. Because the Bible says that by their fruit you shall know them. By their fruit. So it's not about the clapping. It's not about the clapping. Whatever is inside you will come out. Whatever is inside you. Sometimes if you hear some of us, we are nice, we worship, we, we are in church, we look very good people. Until somebody step on your toes then who you are on the inside start coming out. Have you seen a tree taking the fruit from the tree and putting it outside and then doing something else and later on going back for the fruit and put... No! 
earth is who you are. You can words that can be coming out of your mouth in your moment of anger. You are already bearing fruit. It's just that your fruit is hidden. You have covered your fruit with a lot of leaves. So immediately your fruit identify you. Because the fruit you are bearing is a dangerous fruit. By their fruit, you shall know them. Psalm 104, verse 16 and 17. Sometimes he will say, you are God's house. You are God's building. Another time, he said, you are God's husbandry. You are God's husbandry. Another time, you say, you are God's temple. Another time, you say, you are God's building. He uses all these different symbols to explain who we are. And so tonight, we are going to use the symbol of the tree. That you and I are trees. The significance of a tree is that the tree must bear fruit. That's the first one. The next one about the tree is that the tree must provide shade for other animals, bears. What is the reason of your life? All of us are trees. And every one of us, we are supposed to bear fruit. Some trees doesn't really bear any fruit. But they have their purpose. Like the tree I'm talking about. So Jesus says, any tree that do not bear fruit must be cut off. And we're going to find out, no farmer wastes his energy and his time trying to turn a tree that is not producing anything. As a matter of fact, you as a human being, you are not going to keep on investing in anything that is not producing. You're not going to waste your time and your energy investing in anything that is producing nothing. As a matter of fact, you only protect where your interests are. You know the reason why you can just get out of your house your house have no locks. Because if any thief comes there, they'll find nothing. You have nothing there. But if you have invest some investments in the house, you have double lock, another lock, top lock, down lock. Every, why? Because you have an investment in there. The same thing when Jesus invests in us and we are bearing fruit, he wants to protect you. Because he has investment in the reason why, listen, the reason why I can't die before my time. Because he has made so much investment in me. I can't die before my time. Because if anything happened to me before my time, there are people who may stop serving God. They will not go to church again. They are afraid to be shaken. So the master said, I have a lot of investment in him. So angels, make sure he's protected. He says that you are the trees, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. The trees of the Lord, are you a tree? Give me the amplifier. The trees of the Lord, we are going to see that all of us are trees. Jesus said, any tree that do not produces fruit. He said, the trees of the Lord are watered abundantly and are filled with sap. The cedars of Lebanon 
which he has planted. So he's using you as a cedar. He's using you as a tree planted. And you are full of sap. John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. What is the difference between a tree planted in the ground and a potted plant? Number one, it can stop growing because it will hit the bottom of the pan or whatever and it will stop growing. Number two, if you don't water it, it will die. Why? Because it is not independently connected to the ground. Now watch it. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. My father is glorified. So you are a tree. The father is only glorified when you bear much fruit. So shall he be my disciples. So we know here that one of the signs of a true disciple that is bearing fruit. And for me to bear fruit, I must be planted in the soil of life. I must not be planted in a bowl. Most of us, we are planted in bowls. That's the reason why when I'm not in church, you won't come to church. Because you are not planted in the ground. You are planted in a bowl. So your life, your Christian work depends on me. Anything can offend you. We must pay attention to you. Why? Because all of a sudden, you can just start doing like this. You know what I'm talking about. You start going like this. Then immediately I see you are going like this. I have to quickly look for water. And come and put water on you. Okay, you always need attention. The reason why you always need attention is because you are not planted in the word of God. You are planted in something else. Anything can offend you. Your leaves can dry up just like that. Jesus said, so shall you be my disciple. He is not interested in you becoming just a convert. You come to church. Everybody can come to church on a Sunday morning. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21. And then Isaiah 61. Okay. All of us are supposed to bear fruit. As a matter of fact, I haven't got there yet. But when we stand before God, all that you have to demonstrate is the fruit that you have borne on this earth. That's why he said, Blessed are those that died in the Lord, says the Spirit. For they do rest from their labors and their works, which is your fruit, do follow you. Your works. It's not about the house you bought. It's not about the car you bought. It's not about the children you took to school. No, your eternal reward is based on the works that you have demonstrated towards his name. That's why I don't get tired. Because I have eternity to rest. If Jesus tarries, I lived off my life here on earth and I go to be with the Lord. I am with him eternally. Eternal. So let me use my time here to work. Let me use my time on earth to work and gather a lot of reward. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Let me tell you, my work with God doesn't depend on anybody. 
I really don't care whether you love me, you don't like me. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you the truth. Why? Because this thing we are doing is an individual thing. As much as I love my wife, I cannot stand before God with my wife together. It doesn't happen, pastor. You can't hold Gloria and say, two of us, this is our reward. No, 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 no. We come before God individually. And God deals with us individually. And you must understand, you must work the works of him while it is day. All the other thing we are running after is just sinking sand. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 21. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of thy planting, the work of thy hands, that I may be glorified. The branch of thy planting, God wants to plant you, not man. Not man. God wants to plant you. Planted in the soils of eternity. That nothing moves you. That nothing shakes you. Keep on going on. Come to 61 verse 3. It says, Appoint unto them the morning Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called what? Trees of righteousness. Trees. Every tree is supposed to produce fruit. So in other words, what is your value as a tree? Tonight, that's the question. What's your value? Because Jesus said, if the tree is not bearing any fruit, it must be cut down. So what's your value? The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. So I am not here to glorify man. I'm not here to glorify any human being. I want my life to glorify the Father. I want to be a tree of righteousness, bearing fruit, so that people can look at me and glorify the Father. People can look at you and say, hey, you have come very far. You have come so far. You have changed all. You are doing very well in your work with God and start thanking God for my life. Somebody must look at you and thank God for your life. Isaiah chapter 5. I love this part of the scriptures. Verse number 1. Let's use the New King James Version. He says, now let me sing to my beloved, my well beloved, a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. And I said to you that there are so many symbols that he uses for the believer. And one of them is the vineyard. I am the vineyard. And the vineyard is supposed to produce vine. Out of it we get wine. Out of it we get medicinal wine. So this is a prophetic psalm. It's a song. And he said, I am going to sing of my well beloved. A song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. You are his vineyard. My well beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. My well beloved has a vineyard 
on a very fruitful hill. I want you to look at the scripture. Verse number two. The Bible says, he dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wine grapes. So look at it. He has invested. This is a prophetic psalm. He said, I, I want to sing a song of my well beloved. I built this vineyard on a very fruitful hill. I invested. I dug around it. I removed all the stones inside the earth so that the stones will not choke the root going down to get whatever it needs. And then when I was done, I built a tower in the midst of it. For what purpose? To watch over the vine. Look at the investment that this man is making in the vine. Look at the investment that God has made in us. The father. The investment that the father has made in me. If not for this investment he has made in me, I would be nothing. It's possible that I will not even be alive. He built a tower to watch over me. Do you know how many times that enemies came against you at your most weakest time in life and they couldn't touch you? There are battles you have fought that you didn't even know you were fighting. But it was not you that were fighting the battle. It was the tower in the midst with an angel on top of the tower that fought for you. 